Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. Talk Mississippi. A little bit longer press conference today from Governor Tate Reeves and also uh, Director Michelle and Dr. Dobbs from uh, MEMA and the State Department of Health as well. And I think that probably was to be anticipated given that today was the day that the announcement was made that public schools in the state of Mississippi are indeed closed for the remainder of the school year. There were lots of other updates about COVID-19, about coronavirus you want to go back and uh, watch that press conference, uh, you can do so on Facebook. And uh, I, I don't know if we've got it archived at uh, supertalk.fm or not, but uh, that was certainly the big news today. Uh, schools are closed for the remainder of this academic school year. We've already had those announcements, obviously, about uh, the universities in the state through the IHL. Those uh, announcements came several weeks ago, uh, but... Um, K through 12 done for the year as well, which I think is what everybody kind of assumed was going to happen. Uh, but that uh, announcement is now official. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming online at supertalk.fm. We welcome you to the Tuesday afternoon, April 14th edition of the show. The C Spire text line is open 601 879 4395. 601 879 Four three nine five. That's the number if you would like to jump in and be part of the conversation this afternoon. At Ceasefire, they're not just saying they care, they're taking action to show it through COVID-19 and every day. Now more than ever, Mississippi needs to stay connected and Ceasefire is working to make that happen from offering free wireless data for educational websites to connecting businesses with the tools to work from home. They've even partnered with UMMC to turn the Ceasefire Health app into a free virtual triage center for anyone experiencing symptoms related to COVID-19. You can learn more online at cspire.com slash cspirecares. Michael Borky, what's up? Oh, not a whole lot. Just a Groundhog Day as usual. But, man, him getting asked that question about seniors reminded me of something. So I, I go running in my neighborhood every day, especially now. And I've seen, I guess there's a company that you can pay to, like, set up a message in your yard and you can mm-hmm. get like happy birthday and stuff like that for people. We yard uh, art. Yeah. Something like that. And uh, we apparently have a bunch of seniors in my neighborhood because I've seen so much congrats grad, like chalk and window paint and those signs that people are paying a company to come out and uh, put messages in their yard. And for some reason that's, that's hitting home for me a lot. I mean, I, it's been a, decades since I graduated high school, but still, I I had good memories from my senior year. It gets much better. Like, if I was asked that question today, I would say, hey, look, I know it feels like the end of the world right now, but trust me, when things get back to normal, uh, your senior year is not going to be the best year of your life. I promise you. But I remember how much fun I had that year. And to have my neighbors, most of which I haven't interacted with in any way, miss that year of their life when he was asked that today kind of hit home for me. It it's sad for, for an 18-year-old to have the best year of their life so far taken away from them. Yeah, I get that. And I didn't think about it or start thinking about it that way until, oh, three or four weeks ago. Um, one of my very best friends has a son that is a senior in high school. And 
great kid, just outstanding kid, good work ethic, and you know, uh, involved in sports and tons of friends, and just you know, just if I'm being honest, he's the kind of kid that you would hope that your daughter would would marry one day. And when my friend told me, yeah, I'm kind of bummed out for uh, for, for my son because he's not getting to finish out his senior year. And it was like, I hadn't thought about it that way. It's not, you know, because I've got young kids in school. I've got a a fourth grader and a first grader and a two-year-old. So it's just like, yeah, we're just kind of getting through the end of the school year and hopefully things get back to normal. Uh, There's no replicating your senior year because I I don't know how it was at your school. Hey, Dad, I don't know how it was for, uh, for you in Vicksburg or Rippy for you in Jackson. But part of the thing that's cool about the, your senior year, or at least it was for me, was if you've got all the credits that you need to graduate, then you don't take a full class load your senior year. You get out of school at lunchtime or a little bit after. Um, so I always played sports, so I had football in the fall. So I would go to school until like 12.30, and then I got to leave and go eat lunch and hang out and take a nap or whatever and then be back at you know for seventh period or you know weight room stuff and then get ready for football practice. But in the spring, playing on the golf team, I got out of school at 12.30, go grab lunch, and then you go to the golf course after that. And that's the day. And I mean, you want to talk about a carefree existence. That's really cool. And I know we kind of laugh about, oh, well, you're going to walk at graduation when you're talking about college. Everybody walks in high school. High school graduation is a really big deal. And you've got kids all over the state of Mississippi who you know, hopefully are going to get some sort of virtual graduation or something to try and replicate that experience. Uh, But because we can't have mass gatherings right now, it's not going to be the traditional graduation where you, you know, you get your cap and gown and you walk across the stage and you hear the people that you roll your eyes about in the stands who are hooting and hollering and going crazy. And even though they say, don't clap until the end, uh, all of that is kind of part of the graduation experience. And, that's going to be lost for a lot of people. Did, did you guys have the uh, the light load academically your senior year? Man, we didn't do anything, especially the la- after football season ended. I was with you. I played football in the fall and uh, golf in the spring. But uh, the class schedule that I had was such a joke that even the classes I had to go to were still like mess around. Our weights class was one of my four that I took. I was done by noon. I mean, the last four months of high school, we did nothing. The teachers didn't care. Nobody around us cared. We were done. So it was just like we, for lack of a better term, just kind of screwed around for four months. It was it was awesome. Yeah. Rippy, you I never really worked that. hard anyway, did you? Oh. I We didn't have the adjust. Well, I see what you did there, but we didn't have any, like, shortened class schedule that I remember. We, like, some of them, we finished a couple weeks early, but we had the athletic periods in the afternoon. So once I got yeah. done playing football as well, uh, it was <laughs> but no, no, we did not. We didn't. We took a full class load from everything I remember. I just remember finishing some classes early, like in yeah. like two, three weeks before most people did. I think we didn't have like whatever the last period of the day was. We didn't have that because I can remember going into the locker room and taking a nap sometimes before practice would start. But we didn't. What'd you like do in the spring day. semester? <sighs> I just went home, it was so long ago, you just don't remember, do you? It, it really was. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I guess, I just went home. I didn't, uh, we, you know, I didn't do any spring sports my, my senior year. I, I, I did track when I was uh, like a freshman through so- a junior, just to stay in shape for football. 
but I, I didn't do anything my senior year. So yeah, I guess I just went home. I want to tell you about something that is happening online right now. And this is the closest thing to sports competition that it feels like we've had in a month. And so a lot of people are participating. The website College Baseball Nation has been doing a, uh, doing a bracket. And it's been a best ballparks bracket. And on Twitter, they are at College Ball Nat. College, B-A-L-L-N-A-T. And you are currently down to the final four of college baseball stadiums in the country. And the final four, Ballmwalker Stadium in Fayetteville, Swayze Field in Oxford, Clark LeClaire Stadium, which is where East Carolina plays in Greenville, North Carolina, and Duty Noble in Starkville. So in the, like the, um, I guess it would have been the Elite Eight that got you to the Final Four. Uh, Duty Noble had 5,700 votes and change to win that part of their bracket. Uh, Clark LeClaire Stadium had 2,500 votes to win their part of the bracket. Swayze had 6,800. That was against Haymarket Park, which is where Nebraska plays. It's a beautiful minor league park in, uh, in Lincoln. And... Arkansas had 6,300 votes just to barely edge out Olsen Field, which is where Texas A&M plays. So you got four good baseball stadiums, but three that are completely different. Talking about Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Arkansas. So Arkansas was kind of running away with this online vote. Have you guys been following this at all? I, I can't help but follow it. Somebody tags me in it every time there's a new poll. There you go. So Arkansas was running away with the voting, like a double-digit percentage point lead yesterday, last night, even this morning. But I guess the right people got involved and started kind of retweeting. This final four between Baumwalker Stadium in Fayetteville and Swayze Field in Oxford is closing in on 40,000 votes and now you've got Ole Miss leading Arkansas 52-48 with 18 minutes left to vote. So, I'm not necessarily encouraging you to vote because, oh, let's go see if we can get Ole Miss as the best baseball stadium in the country. I'm encouraging you to vote. This is selfish. Purely selfish. So that we've got something to talk about for the rest of the week when you have Mississippi State and Ole Miss in the finals of the College Baseball Nation Nation's Best Stadium Tournament. Let's just keep this thing in the state of Mississippi. Seems fitting, right? Absolutely. I'm sure a lot of people, uh, online people, will handle that very well. I'm, I'm certain that you are, uh, you are correct. Will they Let's top 100,000 votes? Negative ad campaign. <laughs> Maybe forge some ballots? Do hey, a Dad, Swiss what did you say? Campaign on on, on Rippy. Uh, I, I, you think we'll have a hundred thousand votes if it's State versus Ole Miss? I don't know that it'll. Well, here's one thing that I'm curious about: how much negative voting do you have going on in this thing? A ton. I mean, so you've got Mississippi State fans that are going and voting for Arkansas to beat Swayze. Probably so. Yeah. I feel like when it comes down to these two, though, Mississippi State's fan base is very much more online than Ole Miss's fan base. 
Uh, I don't know if that's the case or not. I, I don't know. I was doing the math a second ago. So, I mean, 38, 39,000 votes. So, if it's 52%, I mean, you're looking at about 20,000 votes in this thing from Ole Miss people. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter what the breakdown in the votes are. It's just kind of been amusing to watch. I, I've been watching it for the last hour. So at 3 o'clock, I, I tweeted that, hey, you got about an hour left to vote in this thing if you want to. There have been 3,000 Twitter votes in the last 45 minutes. And it's been pretty close to even. You know, as the, the Arkansas baseball account have gone up. Like the real Arkansas baseball account just tweeted to get one last push from from uh, their fans. And I've really? seen Ole Miss's, Ole Miss's account has jumped in as well, too. So, Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, you've had former players and all kinds of people that have been encouraging others to vote. So we'll see. 15, 16 uh, minutes or so left. Uh, I guess it's 13 minutes left in the online vote. 98% of the precincts. Were re- are we ready to call this one? I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what kind of a, uh, a, a push Arkansas gets from the, uh, the official... Twitter account. I mean, it, it really is kind of funny going through and looking at people encouraging others to vote. I'm just curious if it's going to get to 40,000 total votes, but you very likely, uh, if Ole Miss is able to hang on here at the end, it'll be um, Swayze against Duty Noble for the best ballpark in America. I mean, this is this is the really important stuff. Riveting. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. We'll take a quick time out and be right back with you. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. View on Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm on this Tuesday afternoon. Borky, how about a, uh, a poll question, a Twitter poll question? Going to put it out right now, but since the NFL draft is uh, less than 10 days away now, I guess it's next Thursday is when it begins. Uh, people are talking about viewership numbers. Is it going to eclipse last year's 11 million total? So that inspired this question. You are blank. To watch the NFL draft. More likely to watch it because there's nothing else going on. Less likely for whatever reason. Or your draft watching habits will not change. What's the answer to that question for you guys? Hey, Dad, are you more likely, less likely, or you'll watch it just the same as a year ago? You know, when I first thought about it, I thought, well, I'm probably about the same. You know, I'm interested. I want to watch. But I'm actually more interested this year because I want to see how they handle it. I want to see what they do. Uh, so yeah, I think I think it's actually more likely. I would say I'm more likely, but not because I'm necessarily more looking forward to it. It's just like limited options. So if what it starts on a th- Thursday night, is that correct? Didn't they go Thursday, Friday, Saturday? That's what they moved it to. 
So, given that there's nothing else that will be on television that's live and that's interesting, I'll probably watch some of it that Thursday night. I'm not going to like rearrange my schedule to do that, or you know, if the weather's nice and I want to get outside, I'll do that instead. But if it's just it's on, I'm more likely to watch it than if I had been watching a college baseball game or kind of locked in on college baseball in particular that weekend. What about you, Rippy? More. I got to the point last night where I turned on a Shark Tank episode and I realized I had seen it and memorized all the products. So, more likely. <laughs> did, you, did you continue to watch even after that was the case? Yeah, because it was one of those things where I didn't really watch the show before then, so like I, I was like, there's no way they'll run out of episodes. And then I was like, wait a minute, I've seen this guy before. <laughs> so, definitely more likely. What else are you going to do anyway? Like, I mean... People complained about and tuned into to watch a horse tournament. I imagine the NFL draft will capture capture some eyeballs. Yeah. What about you, Borky? Uh, no change on especially the first round. I've I've watched every second of the first round of the draft as long as I can remember. But the later rounds, five, six, and seven, yeah, I'll be locked into those. And I never really am before. I'd usually just you know, scroll through Twitter and see the picks that were relevant to me then. But now, since there's, as you mentioned, can't watch baseball this weekend, I might as well just see who's getting picked in the draft. That's where all the Mississippi we, guys are going to go anyway. So, There's also another side of this, though, to where uh, like the draft is not necessarily something you have to watch to keep up with. Like, after the first round, like Borky mentioned, it like does, it's not really much of a spectacle. So I do wonder if uh, if that'll affect it at all. I'll be honest, I would be more interested in watching the draft if we were putting guys on boats and sending them across the lake outside the Bellagio than I am watching a glorified Zoom meeting on television for (laughs) three hours Thursday night and three hours Friday night and then six hours on Saturday or or whatever it is. Do you see the leaks? There's anything wrong with the Zoom meeting. Yeah, they're fine. I'm starting to get. really sick of the, oh, look, this random person showed up in our Zoom meeting content. I mean, that was funny one time. But aside from that, do you see the NFL sent a a memo to the 58 players they're going to have featured during the draft? So they will have two cameras set up in 58 players' homes, one for like a full room view and one focused directly on the prospects so you can see when they get the phone call and their reaction when they get picked. They sent them a list of things they're not allowed to have. No branded uh, beverages of any kind. No branded food or anything like that. And they'll get fined if they have that. What's stopping a company, like Coca-Cola, for example, from paying for the players' fines and giving them a little on top just to put Coke branding everywhere? Someone in the room probably takes it. So how many seconds are you paying for? What do you mean somebody in the room takes it? Like if they're all in the, or if they're in the room or whatever, don't you figure somebody like, like, someone from the NFL would probably take. Oh no, it they off sent or... the cameras to the people's homes to set up. Yeah, they're not going to let anybody from the NFL. There's no league official right at the home. Then I got nothing. Also, does this make it more or less awkward for the guy in that 58? Because there's always a group of players they monitor if his stock drops. I don't know. I guess you could just turn if it gets too bad or too awkward. You just turn the camera off, right? That is very true. You close the laptop. Yeah. 
I wonder if it's anything more sophisticated. I mean, are they sending like a tripod and some sort of a, uh, a camera to go on it, or are they just going to be super duper low tech and say we're going to send you laptops with uh, with I say low tech. I mean, that's how we're streaming video also, but um, just sending a, a laptop to set on a table and that's going to be the way that you uh, you stream it. I, I don't know. I assume they're, that's the way they're going to do interviews as well, right? Mm-hmm. It seemed to make sense. Feel bad for the IT guy that had to do a one-on-one with every player to make sure the equipment was working. That's very on-brand for the NFL to say, "Yeah, you can't have any branding of any kind in the uh, in the screen." Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at SuperTalk.fm. We'll be right back. Results are now final because we're all sitting on the edge of our seats for the Twitter poll that is going to give us great no it's not, it's not going to be great content it's just going to be content not great content not even compelling content but content nonetheless as we get set for Ole Miss versus Mississippi State in the finals of the college baseball nation's best stadium tournament 39,593 votes so AZ Field got 52% to Baum Walker Stadium's 48%. At least all the Arkansas fans have got flannel that they can use to wipe their tears. <laughs> yeah! You like that, hey, Dad? <laughs> Give in to your aggressive feelings, Cross. I think we'll. Uh, I think they're going to let everybody rest for uh, a couple of days before uh, the... Swayze Duty Noble battle begins. Well, how many votes? Will, uh, you you said a hundred thousand, right? I think that's nah, that's aggressive. Will, will, the will two, there be the, fifty thousand votes though in the final? The two Twitter accounts, if you look at Hale State baseball and Ole Miss baseball, uh, combined for about a, two, about close to two hundred and forty thousand people. So, can you get a third of that? Can you get eighty? I wonder how much of that's overlap that follow both. Probably some, but I mean, most of those people aren't fans, right? Or maybe some, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, you want to be part of the show, you can do so on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Equip your organization for simple, successful business continuity with a work-from-anywhere toolkit from Ceasefire Business featuring powerful resources like UC1 and Office 365. Learn more today at cspire.com slash business. So, Borky, in terms of actual sports news, there's not a ton today. We get a little bit. There's a little bit of a flow. It's a trickle. It's certainly not a, uh, a gushing that's happened. But this is a fascinating one uh, from the state of Florida. Uh, This is not necessarily a Florida man, but uh, from the state of Florida, the state of Florida has declared professional sports organizations as quote-unquote essential during the pandemic as long as they perform their duties in empty venues, clears the path to the state to host games before we get an all-clear. Is this an economic decision? Was there pressure to make this happen? What do you think? I can't quite figure it out because they did it for three different, I guess, career fields, so to speak. The first one, 
is uh, people in the mental health industry, uh, substance abuse, domestic violence, counseling type people. The second one is those who take care of uh, animals, whether it be zookeepers, people that work for zoos, something like that. So both of those make sense because even though a a mental health uh, a counselor, if you will, is not essential right now, people, especially in these times, need access uh, to mental health professionals now more than ever. So that makes sense. And then for your zoos, you have a lot of animals, very important animals, most of which are involved in some kind of research that you have to take care of. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the third is one the is... big cat rescue open then? Back open? Not for the public. <laughs> not for the public. But the caretakers, all those cult-like volunteers, I guess, yeah, they, uh, uh, they could. But the third one is sports and media. So if, if you're a media person with uh, a large audience they say national but i think it's it's more than just national uh you're deemed essential i don't know if that was not that way before but also sports and they specifically mention that it has to be in closed venues but sports and media are not the same thing as animal caretakers and mental health caretakers so i can't figure out the motivation here it's all in the same memo I think I think this is preparing for what's to come. So this was a memo from Jared Moskovitz, who is the state coordinating officer for the Florida Division of Emergency Management. So to your point, the, the first one makes all the sense in the world. Uh, employees at services and programs addressing mental health, substance abuse, domestic violence, and other urgent counseling. Of, of course that makes sense. And maybe even more important now than it is in, in normal-ish times. To me, this second part is, okay, yes, you need to take care of zoo animals, but the wording's important because it says employees at theme park and entertainment complexes, zoological parks and facilities, aquarium facilities, etc. So what has the state of Florida got? It's got Disney World. It's got Universal. It's got SeaWorld, Busch Gardens, and all the other different theme parks that employ so many people. So... Allowing all that is Disney, so Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, and what's the... It's not Universal, it's uh, Hollywood Hollywood Studios. Hollywood. So those are the four main Disney parks that are in or right outside of Orlando. People staff those places 24 hours a day. The parks obviously aren't open 24 hours a day, but a ton of the maintenance that happens within those happens in the overnight hours, and it is constant. It's year-round. It's every day of the year. If you let facilities of that size and that scope not only sit empty because you don't need to have people there in the name of public health, okay, that's one thing, but I think everybody knows if you let a building or a house, or whatever, sit empty, things start going downhill in a hurry. Stuff breaks and you didn't realize it. The yard gets out of control. The plants overgrow. Stuff gets dirty. And you just have general... Like, when when stuff doesn't get used, it doesn't go well. So my guess is that in preparation for whenever these parks have to reopen... I just mentioned the four from from Disney. I mean, you got Legoland and all. There are a gazillion different parks and you know event 
attractions, tourist attraction, uh, entertainment attractions, I should, should say, in the state of Florida, you got to be have those places ready so that when it says you can reopen, they can actually open the doors and say, y'all come, you hear? Did because you see that, uh... I'll go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because if you allow these things to sit vacant and empty and unmaintained for a month or six weeks or two months, they can't just open the doors and say, hey, we'll see you tomorrow. I mean, there's going to be a maintenance period kind of getting everything up and ready to go once again. Did you see that uh, professional wrestling was declared essential in Florida as well? Oh, really? Yes. Probably doesn't help hurt that uh, Linda McMahon is on... You know what? I don't want to go too far down the political road, but uh, there's some ties there, and uh, it looked like that Fox was and uh, whoever owns the uh, couple of their contracts, they have to put on a certain number of live shows a year to keep their contracts. Mm-hmm. And since they were pre-taping the past few weeks, they were coming up on the limit of that, and so I think this was done to sort of save that money. Hmm. So that, that I guess, Borky, the reason that we were talking about this in the first place wasn't because of Disney World. It was because of this third item. Employees at a professional sports and media production with a national audience, including any athletes, entertainers, production team, executive team, media team, and any others necessary to facilitate, including services such as uh, supporting, su- including services supporting such production only if the location is closed to the general public. It's almost, hey, Dad, like it's written for wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It read to me like wrestling in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Maybe that Cactus League, Grapefruit League idea is is a real thing that they're preparing for. Could very well be. That's crazy. Like, like the, the whole thing's crazy, but I mean,. There may be something to this. I don't know that we've actually outlined or, or looked closely at what that proposal looks like. We'll do that later this afternoon. Uh, this proposal that includes uh, the state of Florida, which is where the Grapefruit League exists for spring training for Major League Baseball, and then you get the Cactus League in Arizona. Um, but there is a, a kind of a working plan in place that might allow for the return of Major League Baseball at uh, at spring training facilities in those areas. Uh, sounds like it might happen without fans. So we'll get into that coming up a little bit later. But first, when we come back, we're going to uh, talk to a, uh, a new person on this show. On the Farm Bureau phone line, we will be joined by new Mississippi State women's head basketball coach Nikki McCray-Pinson, announced officially over the weekend as the new head coach at Mississippi State. It will be our first chance to visit with her. We're looking forward to that coming up in just a couple of minutes. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Well, I'm going to have to ask your forgiveness. I lied to you. Was not intentional. Didn't mean to. It was my bad. We're going to have to push back a day. Come on, hey, Dad. So, originally, we were supposed to have our press conference with Coach McCray Pinson on Monday and then get her on the show on Tuesday. They pushed the press conference back a day because of some severe weather in Virginia, where she's at, where she is right now. And I Fair just enough. didn't realize that they also pushed back talking to her on this show. So, my mistake. I made it. I'll own up to it. We'll talk to her tomorrow. 
Okay, so Nikki McCray-Pinson will join us tomorrow afternoon. We look forward to visiting with her. Um, how about this text? C Spire text line 601-879-4395. This is Bo from Gulfport. Bo, thanks for listening to us on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Hope you and your family are doing well. He says, the Disney food blog says that Disney maintenance and ground crews have continued to work to keep the parks ready to open when the time is right. So that's good news. Uh, I, thanks for the info. Didn't realize that. But you know what else I didn't realize? I didn't realize that there was such a thing as a Disney food blog. You've never seen that? Like when you we have? went down there the past the two times that we've been, I, I checked that thing out for a lot of good info. I tell you, you know, what to avoid and what to what to hit. Hmm. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, there are all kinds of like Reddit and subreddit groups about Disney, and I mean, it, when when you start getting ready for a Disney trip, the amount of consumable information with regards to how to plan your trip, where to go, how to get fast passes, how to attack the parks to, you know, get maximum enjoyment and whatnot. That that information is limitless. Yeah. And it's a little overwhelming. I mean, you've got to like be really interested in finding out all of those things and kind of gaming the system to really dive all so so did you did you get into that yeah, let me learn all I can mode before you went, hey Dan? So my wife actually worked at Disney during the uh, her college year. She did the the Disney College program, so she has a lot mm. of information already. And then on top of that, she's a Disney nut. Um, so I had I had that working for me anyway. So what we did was she just set everything up, and then once I knew where we were going, I checked everything out. I didn't gotcha. make a lot of uh, I didn't make a lot of suggestions. I was just like, whatever you guys, because the trip was not for me; it was for them. So I was like, whatever you guys want to do is fine. I, I made Did like, you like two it? suggestions. No, not at all. Really? No, I don't like rides. I don't like lines. I don't like the heat. The food's not that great. It's got there's nothing there for Brian Haydad. What's so when are you going rides? Back? I don't like rides. I don't like Why? heights. I don't like heights. So you know the the roller coasters and stuff. I'm not into. And I'm just not into it. When will you go back? We were talking about going back once they have all the Star Wars stuff done, because that's something I actually have interest in. So maybe then. I, I laugh when I say that because Disney, and there are ways to do it on a budget, but even on a budget, that is not, no. forgive the double negative, it is not an inexpensive vacation. No. There's great value there. I, I would argue there's really, really good value because you're treated well and everything's clean and it's, you know, customer service is just off the charts. But it's an expensive trip. And I don't love Disney. And the last time we went, I, I did say to Jane, okay, let, let's not do this for a while. There are a lot of other really cool things that we need to do and let the kids see and experience and whatever before we do Disney again. But that's been a couple of years ago, and there's no question in my mind that she is, like, twirling around in her head, okay, when can we do Disney again? So, you know, in the next couple of years, it probably will happen again. Right. Let's go together, But Richard, you do, you can, do feel just... like you get your money's worth. Yeah. Which we'll take both our favorite? families down there, and, and you and I can check out to the bar while they, while they go do whatever. No, man, I love rides. 
Oh, well, I'm a big roller coaster guy. I've been on two of the top seven fastest in the world. You and my wife would get Where along, those? man. She's, she's are, been to all that stuff. Uh, both at a place called Cedar Point in Sandusky, yep. Ohio. Yes. She's been there a couple of times. Place is incredible. And the town's just a little she light like roller town. coasters. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one, the one that goes 120... It's modeled after a drag racer, literally called the Top Thrill Dragster. And you start flat, and it shoots you at 120 on flat ground, and then you shoot up the 420-foot slope. But it's straight up, and then you go over a a little curve, and it is straight down, but you twist on the way down, so you invert a little bit before it ends. They don't let you put your hands up because it starts you so fast, people are dislocating their shoulders when they first open the ride. Yeah, that sounds fun. It's incredible. I'm not a huge heights guy, but I don't hate the rides. Is it Millennium Force? Uh, See, this one's actually taller than that, but yeah, Millennium Force is the other one that goes 93 miles an hour. Yeah, she she loves that one. Hey, Dad, what, uh, what rides did you try? Uh... The only roller coaster I went on was the the mine train, and I didn't realize it was a roller coaster when I got on it. I thought it was just like you know you just sort of go through, and it's it's and it's it's not it's a roller coaster, and so I was not happy. There's a picture of me being unhappy on on uh, on my uh, Facebook page, and uh, then I, the next time around I knew okay I'm not doing any roller coasters, so she wanted to go do test track. And I was like, okay, it's not a roller coaster? No, it's not a roller coaster. Okay, great. No, it's still like super fast. And it was just, I didn't like it. So I didn't, I, I was, I was, again, there's a picture of me being unhappy uh, available if you're a Facebook friend with me. Question here How much is a Disney trip? And Ooh. that's, that's kind of like asking, how much are you going to spend on a car? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. No, no, but but no, I don't mean it costs as much as a car. It can cost as much as a car. But what do you want to you, do? You know, it's what but, you're adding well, to the trip. And, and but it's also, are you going to drive or are you going to fly? Right. Are you going to stay at one of the Disney properties or are you going to stay completely off property? In staying at one of the Disney properties, are you going to stay at one of the all-star resorts, the all-star sports resort or the all-star music resort, which are on the economical end uh, of things in terms of you know just lodging costs or are you going to stay at the grand floridian which is kind of like the high end of what they do and if you stay at the grand grand floridian are you going to get a room that has a view of the magic kingdom or are you going to get a room that has a view of you know the swimming pool i mean Obviously, two different things. Are you going to stay on the club level? Um, are you going to buy fast passes and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, there are not that you can really buy fast passes, but there are right. like certain high end services that you can buy that just don't really exist for the general public. So, I mean, on a, on a budget, like a really shoestring budget where you say we cannot spend over this. You could probably make a Disney trip and go to the parks for what, maybe three days for a couple of thousand dollars. Yeah, that that, that sounds about right. I, I would say that that would kind of be at absolutely the bottom end. Maybe you could do it for a hair less than that, but but it wouldn't be much less than that. 
Yeah. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, and the other thing is, how big's your family? I mean, is it is it two of you yeah. that are going? Do you have two kids? Do you have three kids? Have you got four kids? I mean, let's just say that it's a, a family of four or five, and you choose to stay at, you know, regular rooms at Animal Kingdom, and you go to the park for four days, and you drive or you fly. Depend, you know, I mean, you could easily spend five to ten thousand dollars on a Disney mm-hmm. trip. Easily. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking. And then, from if you want to turn it into a, say what? I'm speaking from experience on that one. Are you? <laughs> Family of four. We stayed at the Caribbean uh, for I think I think we did six days, and yeah, that's about right. Uh, Josh in Tupelo on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Brian Haydad, Mississippi State reporter, wrestling lover, it's a small world enthusiast. I like it's a small world because you're just sort of sitting down. It's a slow boat ride, and it's it's nice and cool in there. It yeah, is and that cool song is in soothing there. and not repetitive at all. Buddy, I'll take it to get out of that heat. I promise. Do you like Splash Mountain? I don't. I don't do Splash Mountain. At all? That's, 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 Don't do that's, or didn't do. I did. I haven't done it. So plus, yeah, that's one of those things you got to like bring the change of clothes, right? Or you can just rep it. <laughs> just go into the speedo. Just, I'm pretty I mean, sure I was like nine when we went, but I'm pretty sure there were no changes of clothes to be had. I think we just walked around soaked. Yeah, that's what we did. And you don't get that wet. I mean, if you're sitting in the wrong spot, there is the potential for being absolutely drenched from head to toe. But more times than not, you kind of get splashed. Yeah. Well, I See, hey, Dad, I think you would be okay on Splash Mountain. It's got the one plunge, but the majority of the ride is fairly low-key, and it's also shady and cool. So is Tower of Terror. You'd be fine on that one as nah. well. <laughs> nah, nah. See, I know what I'm talking about. You, you can't get me with this stuff, Rippy. Come on. I'm not saying we're going to, but I'm not promising that we're not going to keep talking about Disney. I said I don't want to go back, but it's like I'm sitting here Googling a trip while we're sitting here. When's the park going to open again? (laughs) Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. All right, Borky, I feel like we excluded you for a a bit a moment ago because you, you were talking about... Cedar Falls, Sandusky, Ohio roller coasters, and then we started talking about Disney, and you didn't really chime in. Never been. Okay. I don't. Th- I don't. I don't think you're unique. I feel like you either go to Disney and you're a Disney person, or you just don't. And it kind of depends on whether or not your parents were. Like we went once growing up, and it, I, I, I can't tell you the year. But I can easily find the year. The Orlando Magic were playing the Houston Rockets in the NBA Finals. Horace Grant, at that point, was on the Orlando Magic. And the water tower they have at Disney that's got the big mouse ears on the top of it. You know which one I'm talking about, hey, Dad? Mm-hmm. It had Horace Grant goggles on it. They put Horace Grant goggles on the Disney water tower. That should have been... Summer of ninety, like ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, so I was fifteen before we went. So Borky, you never went growing up. Do you anticipate taking baby Borky to Disney World? 
Yeah, but not for a while. I've been told by enough people to not do Disney World until they can truly appreciate it. Because, like, I'm in the camp, and my wife got on to me about Easter. Because, I mean, he's six months old, right? Even when he's a year old, he still's not really going to know what's going on. I, I know somebody that spent a significant amount of money, like probably four figures, on their one-year-old's birthday party. And the entire time I was there, I kept thinking... This kid has no idea what's going on. Not a clue. You spend all this money for a party that this for a kid that has no idea what's going on. So I'm sure we're going to take him to Disney, but it won't be for a while because I mean, what's a one or two year old? They don't they don't know. Maybe once they get to two is a little bit different, but not anytime soon. Yeah, we waited. I think Emily, the your youngest, was five the first time we went. You know, old enough that That's she a was great aware. Age. And excited to be there and all that, and you know, then they were still very much into princesses at that point. Like now, I don't even know if they'd really want to go. The, the, the princess phase has, has long gone. I mean, they might want to go, but it wouldn't be the same. What is the niche market for Universal then? That's more for rides, I think. I say, supposedly else. they've got better rides. The rides, but and then they have the Harry Potter thing, which my my wife and kids would also be interested. I, I like Harry Potter, but not to that extent. I did yeah. like the nightlife in Universal one time, but never actually been to the park part. So how many times have you been to Disney? I went to Disney as a kid, and then we went out in Universal for Ole Miss Florida State when I was working that. Oh, for the for the football game in Orlando. I got you. Yeah. I got you. So we've been three different times as a family. Um, Jane decided that when Ava Montgomery was two, that's what we needed to do for her second birthday. Um, which is probably a little aggressive, and and she would even admit that. The only way we kind of survived it was we just said we're not pushing it. Let's recognize the fact that she's two, and you know when she wants to walk around and ride the merry-go-round, which we could do at the mall in Tupelo, um, but. You know, go to the merry-go-round at Magic Kingdom and ride Aladdin and Dumbo and whatnot. When she's tired of that, we'll just go back to the go back to the room. So we we did that, and it ended up being a, a, a fun trip. Then we went again when Obi was two, and you know, okay. But the last time that we went, which was two or three years ago, they were older and loved it. So Borky, to the point about you know getting them to four, five, six, somewhere in that range. Although, I will give my wife credit for this. She says there's a fine line, and hey, Dad, I, I would say that you could agree with this. I would think. There's a fine line between taking your kids when Disney is magical. Like, everything about it is larger than life. Cinderella's castle at night is unbelievable, and they love the parades, and you know Tinkerbell doing her thing, and all the princesses, and all of that. It, it's like all just, you know, like you... you if you're doing it right as a parent, I think you're trying to experience Disney through the eyes of your kids and not just frustrated with lines and heat and crowds. Right. But you get past that line of it being magical in the blink of an eye mm-hmm. to what you're talking about where your girls don't really care about the princesses anymore. So, right. I, right, yeah. And, and now it would just be... You know about doing the rides and and seeing some of the sights, but yeah, it, it wouldn't be the same spectacle that it was for them when they were you know seven and five. 
We've got predictable ceasefire text line coming up in just a second, and we're all here for it on the laughs. First off, though, Anthony says, last trip to Disney hit us for about six grand, and we stayed at the All-Star Sports Resort. Woo! I hope you ate good. Uh, Russell says, our best trip was when my kids were around 10 to 11 years old. They could ride all the rides, and it was a lot of fun. You ready for it, Rippy? <laughs> you ready? Wait, Wait a minute. Is, it... <laughs> is Rippy even big enough to legally ride all the rides at Disney? <laughs> oh, actually, that was a curveball. I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was a sport. I thought this was a sports show comment. Nope. No. 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 This was. This was the one that the Rippy joke we could see coming uh, a mile away. I would have lost that bet then. Uh, I think Dave means to say don't. He says do. He says don't take the kids to Disney World until they can walk on their own. And there are strollers everywhere. Everywhere you go. There's a lot of this one says strollers if, at Disney World, too. Yeah. If you like rides, Universal Orlando is 100 times better than Disney. Um, October is the best month to go. Fly, stay at the Grand Floridian. I love Disney. That's from Sandra and Clinton. And like I said to Miss Sandra there, that's tough to do when you cover sports for a living. Yeah, you got to go during the week. I mean, you can't go on a weekend. Yeah, you just can't. But even then, I mean, it's just tough. You leave on a Sunday and come home on a Thursday. Man, you miss a couple of press conferences. That big deal. Just don't miss a game. Yeah, that's easy for you to say. What if I'm, you know, got back to back road games? It's, it's just tough. It's tough to go in October. There's a lot going on. I understand. No, I, but but I also agree with Sandra that that's a really great time of the year. See, yeah. the only way I'll sign off on a Disney trip. I say that like I'm the like I'm the ultimate rule maker around here. I'm I'm gonna go when my wife tells me to go. Yes. I don't want to go at the peak crowd times. We're not right. if, if I have anything whatsoever to do with it, we're never going to Disney in the summer. June, July, August, forget it. But like right before school's out or right after school starts back when things thin out a little bit and it's a little bit cooler, it's not seven hundred degrees. That's fantastic. If you can go in November, hey Dad, when they're like getting ready for the uh, the Christmas parade, mm-hmm. that's really cool too. Yeah. What's your best vacation ever? I mean, forgive me, I know sports show. What? I mean, come on, what, what sports do we have to talk? Um, about? What's your best vacation ever? With the family? No parameters. Oh, I've been sure. to Vegas. Family or not, whatever. With with the family, I, honestly, I think this this last year's trip to New Orleans was probably the most fun, just because we went down there. I mean, we're talking about July in New Orleans. You think it would be awful for some reason? That was a there was a cool spell. I don't think the temperature got above like eighty any day we were down there. Everything in we July? wanted to do, yeah, it was wow. just not hot. And this was the week right after media days, and it, like there was just like a, a, a cold snaps, not the word, but it was cooler across the south. And uh, everything we wanted to do, there weren't a ton of people there. We we hit all the restaurants we wanted to hit. We just we saw all the sites we wanted to see, I, and, and there wasn't a lot of complaining. So that was a good one for me by myself. I've been to Vegas three times, and every one of them was very enjoyable. <laughs> details, details. I mean, I just I you know I'm a Vegas kind of guy. I like to gamble. I like to eat good. Uh, so you know, those are the. If that's available to me in one spot, I'll certainly take advantage of it. So I just like Las Vegas for whatever reason. Maybe I'm just right, you know, we wanna, kitschy like that. 
We want to know on the C Spire text line from you, best vacation you've ever had. Let's just say family vacation. We, I mean, unless you've got a great Vegas story to tell or some other fantastic vacation to story to tell. Best family vacation. Where, when, and why? Borky, what is it for you? Best family vacation. So the first half is going to ruin it, but it was a cruise, which is not ideal, but in Alaska in July. And for for some reason, the boat wasn't all that full. It was a carnival cruise boat, and there weren't that many people on it. I guess maybe that's not the ideal cruise location, but it was like 55 degrees the entire time. So you were comfortable no matter what, even though it was Alaska, and most places there was you could see snow wherever you were. But when you would stop at these, I mean, I would call Juneau a small city, even though it it's big for there, the coolest trip and little towns and i mean seeing just bears on the the beach as you were driving a cruise boat into these little towns and that that was the coolest experience i've ever had was going to alaska for six days when did you do that i was 14 so i remember it vividly i was just not old enough to enjoy the full scope of it if you know what i mean that's cool Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. We've got the college football fix coming in a little while. We'll hear about Rippy's favorite family vacation. I'll give you hours. We want to hear from you on the C Spire text line. And also, coming up, guaranteed to make you laugh, Zoom video conference etiquette. You don't want to miss that. Rippy, what is it? Best family vacation for you? Uh, we went to Bermuda a couple summers ago. That place was pretty sweet. Did you check out the Triangle while you were there? Not the same place. Not the same place? You don't have to fly over the Bermuda Triangle to get to Bermuda? We may have, but I, I was not. didn't have a great view from the flight. But cool country or island, whatever it is. What is it? Bermuda's off the East Coast, right? It's like on a straight line out from Charlotte. Is that right? Uh, yes, generally that is correct. Okay. What was cool about it? Weather was pretty cool. Had cool beaches. A lot of different stuff to do. I just enjoyed it a lot. Gotcha. Tim in Tupelo says, best vacation ever. We drove from Tupelo to Southern California in March and back. Two weeks of nothing but seeing the whole western part of the United States. Could you guys handle that long in a car? I mean, I know they didn't make the drive like all at once, but it's a lot of driving. Does that do it for you? Eh, not really. Not but your thing? Fly the, yeah. But let's see what the point of the trip is to see all these different places. You can't do that on a plane, so. Yeah. Here's one. Went to Ireland to play soccer for 12 days. Not to watch soccer, but to play soccer. That's a bucket lip list trip for me is golf in Ireland and Scotland. Yeah. I'm I'm absolutely with you on that. I want to do a trip to Europe with my family at some point and hit up a couple of uh big time soccer matches while I'm there. You can gamble like next to the stadium. It's crazy. And they also have gentlemen's clubs right next to the stadiums over in Europe too. Yeah, I'm sure it's a it's unique exactly where atmosphere. I want to take my family, yeah, I know, right? Family that, vacations, friend. Well, but it, it's just it's bizarre. It's not like it is here with 
how the area around some of the stadiums are situated. Yeah. Uh, here's one. Grand Canyon and jeeping in the Rocky Mountains. Sounds fun. Favorite family vacation. Last year at Disney, watching Rippy get rejected at the teacup ride for not meeting the height requirement. Wait, what now? Guy says uh, his family, fa- uh, his favorite family vacation was last year when they were at Disney seeing you get rejected from the line not being able to ride the teacups because you weren't tall enough. It's a little creepy, but I appreciate him thinking of me. Lake Tahoe, August of 2018. Lows in the 30s, highs in the 70s. Unbelievably beautiful. I've heard really good things about Tahoe. Stan says, uh, best family vacation, Disney. Or when my son played in a 12U tournament last year in Gatlinburg at the Ripken Experience. Those fields are amazing. Teams from all over the United States. Okay. That's pretty cool. Gatlinburg is his best vacation ever. Never been. You done Gatlinburg? Never been. My mother-in-law loves it there. We've been a couple of times in the fall. Uh, Best vacation, freshman year of college baseball. By the way, you cannot clean a deer on campus. It wasn't in the handbook then, but it is now. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Okay. Uh, here we go. Best vacation ever. Road trip. Destination Yellowstone. Had so much fun. So many national monument parks and just plain beautiful. Came back through Denver to take in the Rocky Mountain National Park. Just can't explain how much fun it was. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. Hands down, best trip we take is our annual summer migration to the Telluride Bluegrass Festival. My wife and I, along with my mother-in-law and now our little girl, who's 18 months old, go every summer, 70s during the day, dipping into the 40s and 50s at night. Everyone's kind. It's eco-friendly, and it's a beautiful little mountain town. Oh, yeah, music's good, too. We'll miss it this year because the sky is falling. Jake and Laurel says he and his dad bought one-way tickets to Vegas with no idea when we were coming back. We stayed in Vegas and drove around Utah National Parks for 13 days. Wow. Fantastic. If you get out of Vegas, that's cool. Like you like saying, do some parks and stuff. I couldn't do two two weeks in Vegas. I would would be wanting to just jump off a building at that point. It's it's just sensory overload. Yeah. We're getting a bunch of responses on these, and... I want to read them because I'm also kind of getting ideas. Like these are other things. We went yeah. last summer um, to Beaver Creek as a family. It's the first time we had kind of done anything other than just beach or Disney or whatever as, as a family. And it was absolutely spectacular. It's just like eight miles east of Vail. So good food, low key, did some hiking, did some biking fishing in this like unbelievable mountain lake they got the summertime epic experience up on top of Vale Mountain with an alpine roller coaster and climbing walls I I said I'll live to regret these words I would be okay with never going to the beach in the summer again if we could do that every year I think I forgot how much I like the beach but that was I mean it was spectacular very different kind of vacation than anything we had done before and certainly hope to do it again. We'll share more of your best vacations 
Plus, we got the college football fix coming up. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon, the 14th of April. Kind of gotten away from sports for the last little bit. Uh, it's I'm quite all right with it. Yeah, I, I, I was I telling, feel I was like telling Borky okay. in the break there that it's funny that we, we got three segments worth of content out of me misreading a text. What was the original text that you misread? That I thought that Coach McCray Pinson was going to join us today and not on Wednesday. Oh yeah. So yeah. we started this conversation because she wasn't coming in, and we—I don't know how we got on this, but. Oh well, we started out reading the uh, the declaration from the Florida governor That's where they said right. parks and resorts and whatnot, and then it just kind of went from there. But I'll be honest with you, like fifty of you have responded with your favorite family vacation and there's some really really great ideas that are in here so we'll continue with that in a little bit um remind you that you can text the show on the ceasefire text line 601-879-4395 601-879-4395 if you're experiencing fever cough sore throat or shortness of breath ceasefire and ummc are partnering to offer free covid19 screening through the Ceasefire Health app. That's for all Mississippians experiencing those symptoms. Learn more at ceasefirehealth.com. We are glad to have you along this afternoon. It's just after 5 o'clock, and that means it is time for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Don't forget their service centers are still open. One way you can take the worry out of your life let the service centers at your local Mississippi Ford dealers take care of whatever needs you've got. And while you're there, check out an F-150. It's the best-selling truck in America for 43 straight years. It's what I drive and highly recommend it. Get into a Ford F-150 and learn why the best-selling trucks in America are built Ford tough. Borky, I like this idea that you've got today for the college football fix. Let's do it. Yeah, similar to the buy it or sell we did recently, but it's going to be which one is more likely, an either or. I'm going to give you two statements and you tell me which one is more likely to happen, assuming we play a full 2020 season. Okay. And we'll start, I've got four local ones and then I think five uh, from around the SEC. So obviously starting local, Mississippi State wins nine games Mississippi State loses seven. Ooh. Ah. More likely. More likely. Wins nine, loses seven. My gut reaction is more likely that they lose seven, but then I've got to go find seven losses on the schedule, and that gets a little more difficult to do. Uh, I'd say more likely that they lose seven. I think. Hey, Dad. I mean, I think nine and three in the regular season or five and seven. But it's really tough. I, 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 you know, I don't. 
the only games for sure I would call a loss are LSU and, and Alabama. Auburn and A&M will be very, very tough. But that's eight and four if you lose all four of those and win the rest. I mean, I think that they can. I think for sure they're going to go at worst two and six in the conference, and they'll win their four non-conference. So I think it's more likely that they get really lucky and win nine than they would they would drop all the way to five and seven. The the five and seven would have to include a loss at NC State. And yeah. you just don't think they're going to lose that game? No, right? I don't. I don't. Okay. And uh, they do open with Louisville, which is just fascinating to. Uh, to start the season with Louisville and then Mississippi State for NC State. Rippy? Or here, we'll just hold off on you. Next one, Borky. More likely, Ole Miss wins nine games or Ole Miss loses eight. Jeez. I mean, I lean in the direction of more likely that they lose eight than they win nine. But it's hard for me to count past seven losses. Yeah. I mean, if you if you were saying, give me seven losses, okay, Baylor, Auburn, LSU, Alabama, that's four. Florida's five. A&M, six. Mississippi State, seven. I mean, if you said go pick seven games that Ole Miss is going to, I don't think they're going to lose all seven of those, though. I don't think. The it's but you look at it the other way. If I say okay, Ole Miss is only going to lose to Alabama, LSU, and Florida. I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think they're going to beat everybody else. I don't think they'll beat Auburn or Texas A and M, you know, like that or Baylor. So. This is a, that's another tough one, though. Yeah, I mean, Borky could work at the sports book, man. He's hitting. He's hitting the. Uh, Sure. What's the, he's in the sweet spot on these. Rippy? I mean, I guess I'd go the other way because, I mean, last year they, with you know, some coaching malpractice, an even younger team, probably less talent, blew every opportunity they had to win any close game and was still at eight. So was it eight or more than eight? Eight. I mean, that was a really, really bad team last year that could have gone five and seven or six and six. Nope. Fairly easily, just if not for just literally everything, not going wrong in terms of luck, but them literally not doing anything late in games to help them win games. So I don't know. That seems pretty unlikely. But I mean, was it winning nine? Winning nine, losing eight. I guess if you go most unlikely, I'd go losing eight because crazier things have happened. I mean, Hugh Freeze won six games his first year with that team. They had the same five guys start offensive line every game. I'd say I guess it'd be more likely to get lucky doing that, so I'll go that way. More likely, Kylan Hill leads the SEC in rushing in an air raid offense or does not clips the 1,000-yard mark. That's more likely more that likely. he doesn't rush for 1,000. Yeah, far more likely. He won't get the carries to, to, to unless he's going to average 12 yards a carry. He's not going to rush for 15, 1,600 yards. Now, what is the fan base's reaction if he does not get the carries to get to 1,000 yards? Not like What's that's the, the benchmark for a season, but if they're losing right. games and he's not getting touches? What's, yeah, well, you sort of you hit on it there. Are they losing games or are they winning games? They're winning games, nobody cares. They're losing games and it's third and one. And 
I, I went back and watched a couple of Washington State games this past weekend just to you know get some ideas, and it, it killed me how many times third and one and fourth and one sometimes passing plays. And I was just Do like, you have Man. the receivers to execute that though? That's a great question, uh, Rippy. Um, uh, can I tell you in uh, say mid September? Because I don't know. Fair enough. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to catch but, those. But passes. hey, Dad, it's either hey that Dad, or Costello's going to throw six hundred incompletions. One of the two. Hey, Dad, what you just said though is what we've been talking about. In an obvious, you got Kylan Hill in the backfield. Hand it off to him. Get a yard. To to move the chains and get a first down. To keep a possession alive on fourth down. Yeah. It is going to happen. It's going to happen multiple times. Where you throw in that scenario. Mm-hmm. And you don't convert. Or you turn it over on down. Just like it happened at Washington State. Just like it happened at Texas Tech. And for a program whose DNA has been running the football smash mouth, we can go get a yard anytime we want to, anytime we need to, for decades. That's going to be hard to accept for a lot of people. Yeah. It's going to be hard to accept. More likely, John Rice Plumley starts every single game for Ole Miss or does not start a single game for Ole Miss. Rippy. Yes. Good answer. There's a question. There's a question on the no, table. No, no, no. I thought, yeah, I thought he was maybe like, you would answer it. No, I'm. I'm. I was thinking. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I mean, having so little knowledge of the quarterback and not having a spring, it makes it pretty much impossible to answer. So, I guess I'll go. I would say it's less likely he starts every game than not starting any. Do what? How did you make that more complicated than it actually was? What do you mean? What's I answered it in the exact wording of it was worded. I said it's less likely. Which is more likely? He starts. It's every more game? likely that he starts zero games. More likely that Plumley starts zero games than starts every game. That is correct. It is more likely that he starts zero games than starts every game. Okay. Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm. Fun list. We'll continue it after this. Tuesday afternoon with you. Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. Thanks for being with us, and thanks for listening. However you're listening or watching, maybe you're streaming online at supertalktv.com. Or you're following along with the uh, the Periscope feed on Twitter. We're glad to uh, be with you this afternoon. So the question on the table before the break for the college football fix, Borky giving us two things, two scenarios, and you've got to decide which one is more likely. And the question on the table was, John Rice Plumley starts every game for Ole Miss or John Rice Plumley doesn't start a single game for Ole Miss, which is more likely? And, Rippy, you think it's more likely that he doesn't start a single game? Yeah. Um, just because quarterback indecision, no spring ball, 
Ole Miss hasn't made it through a season with the same starting quarterback since 2015. Doesn't seem that likely. Yeah. What do you think, hey, Dad? Yeah, it seems a lot more likely that he would not start any games and start all of them. Corral's going to get a start. There's just no way around that for me. I, I think, yeah, far more likely that he finds a, another role on the team. Now, he'll play some quarterback, but the idea that he's going to start every game it doesn't work for me. More likely, both Egg Bowl teams will be eligible at kickoff for a bowl game, or neither team will be bowl eligible at kickoff of the Egg Bowl. I feel like it's far more likely that both would be eligible. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think Ole Miss is convinced that Mississippi State is a bowl team. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Why well, wouldn't I be? Yeah, they've been. Yes, I'm very convinced they've been a ten straight. I, I, forgive me for thinking they can make it eleven. But I also think Ole Miss. I mean, I said Ole Miss was probably going to go five and seven. But if they came into that game six and five, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, I agree that it's more likely that they're both bowl teams. Yeah, but I mean, the other argument is is you have two new head coaches, one with. Quarterback indecision, a pretty young team, and the other with a brutal receiving core to run a spread offense. Like, there's a very real possibility they could stink. More likely. More likely. Egg Bowl gets played on Thanksgiving night, or Egg Bowl gets played after the calendar turns to 2021. Eh. I don't want to answer that question. I did hear one school. There, there's one school of thought that I, I, I who was it? I heard say this. Uh, I think it was Andy Staples. And there's something to this. Let's say the season gets pushed back to whenever, October 5th, November 1st. Yeah, what? Just just pick a day. There's so much that will have to change logistically, and so much has already been done that when you start the season. You just start with whatever game is scheduled at that point and play through to the end of the year and then roll the beginning of your schedule to to the back of that. Does that make sense? So, yeah. so let's say that the first Saturday of the football season is October 17th. So Florida at Ole Miss. And then Ole Miss would have an open date, and then they would play Georgia and Vandy and, and so on. Or, I'm sorry, that's Florida. Um, Ole Miss would uh, play Florida and then UConn and then have an opening date and, and so on to the end of the year. And that would go through the weekend of November 28th, and then you would take the first six games of the year that didn't get played, Baylor, Southeast Missouri, Auburn, LSU, Alabama, and Vanderbilt, and just take those and set them at the back end of the schedule so that you don't have to cancel everything and reschedule everything. Like you're only rescheduling and redoing half of it. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it actually makes a lot of sense. Makes a ton of sense. The idea that, yeah, okay, let's we're going to start where we can start and we'll pick up the rest after. Feels like that would be a lot easier than trying to push everything back however many weeks. Because when you think about 
you know, travel plans and charter planes and bus rentals and hotels and meals and all the stuff that goes into that. A lot of the work for that, maybe the majority of the work for that is done already for the entire year. And yeah. so instead of canceling everything and redoing everything, you only have to redo half of it. I don't know. Like I said, I think Andy Staples is the first person I heard mention that, that maybe that would be the way to do it, um, which would kind of be weird. I mean, you know, especially for, let's say, oh, Florida opens the season with Eastern Washington and Kentucky and then South Alabama. Instead, they open the season on the road against Ole Miss, then they have an open date, and then they go Georgia, Vandy, Missouri, New Mexico State, Florida State. And after they play Florida State... Then they go Eastern Washington, Kentucky, South Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, LSU. I don't know. Interesting way to do it. Borky, I like your next one. Mac Jones? This might be my favorite one because I think... Anyway, I'll give it first, then give my opinion. More likely, Mac Jones makes the Heisman ceremony or Kellen Mond makes the Heisman ceremony. That's easy for me. That's very easy for me. It doesn't even the name is irrelevant. Alabama quarterback makes the Heisman ceremony versus Kellen Mond. Yes, I'm going to go Alabama quarterback. What was the last Bama quarterback to make the Heisman ceremony? Well, Tua made it two years ago. Did he make it last year? I, mean, I would Tua think not. The he didn't finish the year. Okay, yeah. then yeah. But you know that they're going to pile up stats and wins, which is really all that the Heisman is about. See, here's the thing. There are people that think that Texas A&M is going to do the same thing, and it's entirely possible that they are 6-0 and going to Auburn. I am not one of those people that thinks Texas A&M is going to do that. It's very possible that they are... Nine and one going to Tuscaloosa. Kellen Mond for twenty nine hundred yards last year. You could have a good month of September and be a finalist. I mean, how they give the award out before the season is over It makes no sense. True, but it, I, I, I've thought Jimbo Fisher is underachieved in his early Texas A and M career as well. But they've had what three consecutive top six recruiting classes. Mond hasn't been good, but he is a veteran returning on what should be an extremely talented team in a schedule that sets up for a ton of wins. They'll lose. How many they'll yards is he going to throw for? Yeah. How many did he throw for a year ago? You just said it. Twenty-eight ninety-seven, thirty-one oh seven. The year before that, he'd have to add a thousand yards and probably what did he rush for? He'd probably have to rush for about five or six hundred at least. Mm. Probably be responsible for what fifty plus touchdowns. I don't. I just don't see that happening. He ran it for three forty last year. Yeah, no. So, so last year, um, no, that's not right. He ran for five hundred yards last year. So he threw for twenty eight ninety seven with twenty touchdowns and ran it for five hundred yards with eight touchdowns. Yeah. So he's got to go for thirty eight hundred yards and. 30 touchdowns and six or 700 yards and 10 touchdowns and Texas that doesn't even sound, win 10 that doesn't sound like it's Heisman numbers to be honest I mean what did Kyler Murray throw for what did 
got to pair I mean, that Burrow, with wins is the thing. Yeah, well, I mean, but Bur- I mean, Burrow I'm not going to use because he set all those records. But, I mean, for the most part, I think you got to be over 4,000. Yeah. Is Jones doing that at Alabama? See, I think Mac Jones is going to be a Heisman contender by default. He will be yeah, the quarterback at Alabama, yeah. and, and they're going to win a ton of games, and they will Still probably – I mean, they're going to yes. be undefeated when they go to Baton Rouge after the bye week in November. I, there's just so many people that are so high on Texas A&M, and if media days happens, which that's looking increasingly unlikely, I think A&M will get a ton of first place in the West votes and maybe even be the media's pick to win the West. Ooh, and people are completely forgetting about Alabama. I don't know about that. I think Alabama will be the overwhelming favorite, and a- A&M could easily be second. I might be misreading the room, but man, everything I read is, oh, this is the year. This is A&M nationally competitive, playoff contender type stuff. Alabama will be picked to win the West by the media. Jimbo Fisher had a couple of good years years at Florida State when he had the guy who was the number one pick in the draft at quarterback. Kellen Mond is not the number. I hate hate to do this. I hate to Joe Burrow this situation, but I don't think Kellen Mond is that kind of quarterback. Jimbo Fisher in eight years won ten games six of those years, and nine game one of the remaining two. In the ACC, though. I mean, come on. Before Clemson rose up. Just one more time for the record to make sure we're recording. Alabama will be picked by the media to win the <laughs> SEC West. Bold statement. And the SEC. Yeah, I agree. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday. What do we do here? Do we uh, Do we continue with the... More likely to happen, or we do, do we go back to uh, best family vacation ideas? We got three more if you want to run through them quickly. Morky does not want his list to be in vain. No, because the buyer sells. <laughs> I deleted like 40 of them this morning. So No, don't uh, delete those. We're going to get back to them eventually. They're good. All right. They're all right. We have time. We have yeah, time, we have Morky. It's all we've got. Um, I'll be able to pull up the old documents anyway. You told me early on in this process that you were altogether okay with me not getting to something that was on a rundown if we could oh trust me flesh out a segment or an idea or a topic a little more because we've got what was it again hey dad we've got what we have time all the time in the world hopefully yeah. not but yeah it kind of feels that way for a while more likely Three SEC coaches get the axe after this season or during, whatever. Or zero SEC coaches get the axe after this season. I mean, there's More likely a zero percent chance that zero get fired. So, Where's the third, though? I mean, Gus could, Buschamp could. Mason. Missouri, Missouri Mason. Ole Miss State knew. M- Derek Mason. Oh, that's an oversight. That's right. So, yeah, three for sure, easily. And, I mean, you never know when a coach is going to jump on the back of a motorcycle with a blonde or he's going to start <laughs> making ill-advised. <laughs> Say mind. it. Say nope, it. Nope, nope, I'm just going to stop. We can I'm call them merit firings. But, I mean, 
to get to three <laughs> merit based firings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not totally convinced Gus or uh. Muschamp are getting the axe this year. Muschamp more likely than Gus, but I mean, the same thing with A and M with the early schedule set up. Auburn, I mean, Auburn's probably five and zero going to Athens. Yeah, they're probably losing that game. But what if Newman doesn't work out at Georgia? What if the new offensive system takes a little while? You know, I mean, there's still question marks with Georgia. They're not just a sure in, and Auburn has not recruited as well as Georgia. But they're top ten classes every year. It's not like Gus has been unable to acquire talent. That should be and likely will be a 5-0 and football team going to Athens. They get A&M at home. Uh, they get LSU at home. It's entirely possible it's a nine-win team. Are you firing Gus Malzahn for winning nine games? I, I just don't see that happening. I mean, it's kind of the plateau, though. He's at that eight-win, nine-win mark every year with yeah. higher expectations than that. To revisit, the, I was looking at the SEC standings in the break, though. To revisit it, neither team was bowl eligible coming into the Egg Bowl this past year, correct? Correct. That is correct. What would make it more likely that both are this year? Oh, I think State hey, improved as the coaching. State pers- never misses a bowl. Well, I, mean, I think State improved as at head coach. I think KJ Costello will be a better quarterback than Tommy Stevens slash Garrett Schrader. Um, I think defensively, they're not going to be missing four or five starters due to academic improprieties for the whole year. But you did lose a decent bit defensively to the draft, don't you? You did. Well, you are losing some, but I, I, you bring enough back that you should be fine. Yeah, I just I don't know. It took a peace celebration to keep to get one team into the postseason, and just both getting in Would there you, just seemed. I mean, what do I have to do to get you to brand this properly? What do I have to do? <laughs> what, I mean, do whatever I it's you called, some of the residuals. You know, it just seems funny. far more likely that both teams struggle first year head coaches. Uh, one in one in case, funky off season too. I mean, it's not like they had a spring to to do things with their new team. They can't even – they don't know what they have. I, I just feel confident State will be there, and I, I won't be surprised if Ole Miss is there. Borky, going back to the coaches getting fired thing, I mean, you asked the question. You kind of put us in an impossible spot. That's the point here, I guess. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, you absolutely can talk yourself into Gus being at Auburn for another year and only having two firings or maybe only having one firing. But the likelihood of zero firings? I mean, that that seems almost nil, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel, I feel bad for Derek Mason. Derek Mason is getting fired. That's going to happen. Did you have zero so. firings two years ago? That's right. That okay. is correct. Yeah. He had changes, he just didn't have any firings. Is that right? I, I think a couple of years ago, back. everybody was back. Was that after the 18 season? Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. No. All right, what are these other two? More likely, Alabama wins the national championship, and I'm going to alter this one a little bit. Alabama does not win the SEC championship. So what's more likely? They win it all or they don't win the SEC? Again, a tough one. Because I could see Georgia winning the SEC championship game. Wouldn't be that huge an upset to me. But, and same with the national championship. If you tell me Clemson wins the national title, not going to be too overly surprised by that. Or Ohio State. Yeah, exactly. It, this really feels like I'm going 51-49. I'll say that they don't win the SEC championship. I would agree with that. That's more likely. 
And last one, Georgia makes the college football playoff. Georgia does not win the SEC East. That's Georgia that hasn't won a national title since 1980. Is that correct? Just making the playoff, though. <laughs> but I just want to, I just oh, want to be yeah. clear. That yeah. We're talking about the same Georgia here. Yeah, that uh, 40 years ago they won their last national championship. They're recruiting yeah. players whose dads don't remember that game. <laughs> the same it time is, they were. Some ridiculous misfortune to win. It is more likely that Georgia does not win the East. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's close because I don't have a whole ton of faith in Mullen being able to beat Smart, but it's 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 more likely that they would not win the East. Don't sleep on the Cats, C A T S. Oh, I'm I'm sleeping on the Cats when it comes to that. Yeah, of course you are. What is that? Like I have something against Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) People up there are throwing it out there. Just that's. I had a great time in Lexington two years ago. It's a sneaky good to go back this year, right? Yeah, I would like to. Yeah, there's not a town that's grown on me, right? But I mean, good point. Yeah, like road trip visit. Yeah, there's a lot to do. Place that's a sneaky good place. A lot of breweries, a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on. A lot of most people don't know, but they're known for their bourbon. Yeah. Jeez. The I am not known for my more than the though. city of. So, what will be the first SEC stadium or arena, if you will, uh, to be named after an alcohol company? I mean, what's the first school to to give naming rights to the alcohol company? South Carolina. I'm not sorry, South Carolina. Kentucky feels like a good choice. I would say Tiger Stadium, but I don't think they'll ever not be Tiger Stadium. But if it's a beta Tiger Stadium, would he be really too, to, totally surprised by that? I'm going to throw Vanderbilt out of this mix. But I, the reason I didn't say Kentucky and almost said him is like, how long is that deal with Kroger or whatever yeah. it is? Vandy could be it just because that's Kroger easy money. What about Missouri? I mean, Anheuser-Busch. They're now based in... Germany, aren't they? Is that where InBev is located? They're owned by a German company. They still produce in St. Louis, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 we got Bush Stadium there, and uh, if the Cardinals, Bush Field. I don't know. Natty Light Field. That's what they should call it. That'll be Florida. I mean, the ones with the donor's <laughs> name on it would that's be. A good one. Like, what was Kentucky's before Kroger Field? Uh, Commonwealth Stadium. Stadium. So the ones with like donor names would be hard to get rid of, wouldn't it? Right, you couldn't Davis Wade Stadium or Vaught Hemingway Stadium. Ben Hill Griffin. But you could you could sort of well, do what there, there is one other hurdle though with Mississippi State naming it. Well, obviously, uh, yeah, but stadium. But like they don't even you could serve. name the field something, right? Like, yeah, you know, state is da- Scott Field at Davis Wade Stadium. So could be Vaught Hemingway Stadium. Field. It's already Hollywood oh, it? Field. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Well, Mr. Hollingsworth could, you know, Hollingsworth, uh, you know, Miller Field at uh, Vaught Hemingway Stadium. Not saying they do it, but theoretically you could change Vaught Hemingway, right? Because did John Vaught donate money to get the stadium name, or did he just get it named after him for being their best coach? I think I'd he sweat equitied his way into Yeah, his I'm pretty sure. The right. The but, guy's got a statue in front. I'm pretty sure they're not going to change the name. But if 
some company came in with a $20 million check or whatever it would cost to get the naming rights. I think rights. You Hemingway don't think would be the it? loser on that one. I don't know who <laughs> Hemingway was, but I, I'm pretty sure he's the loser. It would be Vaught whatever stadium. Vanderbilt being like Smirnoff Ice Stadium would be awesome. <laughs> White, White Claw Stadium. Wildest stu- student section in America. Why? Because there ain't no laws. Nice. Or people. <laughs> it's a reasonable point. I, I think Ole Miss would say, we do have this building right next to Vault Hemingway Stadium. We would love to put your name on it. Well, it has a name. The Pavilion? Oh, oh no, no. Wrong building. I was going the other side of the building. I thought you were talking about the football facility. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.